everybody. Good morning. Happy Independence Day. You guys, you're the people that God loves. You're here on Independence Day. Give yourselves a round of applause. You look great. I'm so excited to be here at the McKinney campus. My name's Drew Wynn. I'm our family and kids pastor of Milestone Church. And I just love getting the opportunity to be here just to share for a few moments um, God's word, his grace, his truth for you guys. And what's great is driving in, I saw the movies 14 over here. And if you, I grew up 10 minutes down the road. And I didn't realize Milestone Church was right here. Because the movies 14 may mean nothing to you. But to me, growing up in Allen, Texas, it was not the Allen, Texas of today. There was like more cows than people. And t- three Asian people, I was one of them. <laughs> and, and, and being there and just going to Movies 14 growing up was like, oh, let's go. I heard that it was the Dollar Theater now, which is awesome. I love the Dollar Theater, which is great. But back then, we didn't have all this stuff. So just going to the Movies 14, I just took it as a sign this morning from God. Like, thank you for letting me be here. This is the real campus we love. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So it's just so great to be here, but I work in office out of the Keller campus, but I just love Milestone Church. We are one church in different locations, and I want you to know as the Milestone McKinney campus, there is a team and a group of people and a congregation and a lead pastor, and Pastor Jeff Little, that prays for you, thinks about you, knows you, and I just love hearing all the amazing stories that God is doing here at the McKinney campus. It's clear, this week at VBS, I was just told some awesome stories. Almost 100 kids in this building for three days learning about being a champion in Christ. Over 70 volunteers um, leading from the check-in to parking cars to wiping boogies to making snacks and all of these things. Teachers teaching kids about their foundation and identity in Christ as a champion in Christ. Here's what's amazing. You've already heard it, but 19 kids chose to follow Jesus for the first time. I love it. Absolutely incredible. And I just love what God is doing at this campus. And myself, I've been married for 10 years to my wife, Aubrey. We met in church. Not saying that's why you go to church, but it's not bad if you meet your spouse in church. Like, it's better than a bar. Like, that's great. Like, just, hey, how you doing? I serve too. Mm, Let's greet each other. Okay. Right. Um, We have three kids. I have, so, Willow is nine years old, Maxwell six oh yeah, Maxwell six years old, Goldie is uh, two years old, pray for her hair, it's coming in, it's great, it's awesome, I'm not 23, I just can't grow facial hair, so I'm 33 years old and um, grown, I'm just so excited to be here with you guys today, and I just wanted to share just some cool stories about this week that I've just been told, and I'm just, man, I'm so grateful to be here, I just want to thank Pastor Chris Lerman, his wife Wendy, for allowing me just the opportunity just to share God's word with you here in McKinney, but the 19 salvations is absolutely amazing, one of which is my friend Cash right here, I want to show you a picture of Cash, and Cash is brand new to Milestone Church, his family doesn't have a long church history, anything like that, but, but he came to VBS, and he was invited by his nanny, who is a part of our church. It's incredible. And he walks in and gets to experience um, the Milestone Kids team, Chris Wise, everybody, amazing, and, and just comes in and goes home, blown away by what he experienced, just beaming, glowing, talking to mom, mom, I love VBS, I love going to church, I love everything that I learned, told his mom, I, I want to be on God's team. 
Mom was so impacted and contacts our team, wants to come to the church, wants to figure out what this whole thing, and we believe that she is going to discover a full life in Christ and just what God can do in the life of a child to lead a family, right? Absolutely incredible. Next picture I want to show you right here with Alex and leading the whole youth team, but over 30 young people serving at VBS. Come on, absolutely amazing. Elevate on Wednesday night. As a former youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and it's like, I just, I'll do anything I can to feel like a youth pastor again. I just love young people. And, and just to see dozens of teenagers showing up for three days, early mornings, late nights, to, to point people, to disciple children, to develop them, to help them become champions in Christ. We say all the time it's the next generation, but they're leading now, and they're helping lead the next, next generation to come to know Jesus. This is what God's doing at Milestone McKinney. It's absolutely incredible. So I've had nine cups of coffee, so I'm just ready, okay? It's awesome. We're kicking off a series today called Summer at Milestone. I've been praying for you all week, just thinking about how I could even just come and just share something that would encourage you, would empower you, would help you. And, and really, I'm like the last person to ever be here. So I got saved at 18. I didn't grow up in church, so I don't know all the church niceties and all the traditions that we do. But I do know Jesus, and I love him so much, and he loves me. And he's totally, radically transformed my life, taken my life to a place that is far greater than I ever could have imagined. Hello, balcony. Let's, I'm a little ADD, too. Hello. Um, great. We're so, I didn't even... Thank you for being here. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. Great. But just being here with that. But growing up, going to movies 14 in the summertime, like as a kid, every student loves summer. I don't care who you are. Summertime is like, oh, I'm going to do all these things this summer. It's going to be incredible. But if your summer looked anything like mine, it would just keep going. And then, like, you'd get back to August. It's like, I didn't do anything this summer. I had all these grand plans. Like, you know, all my friends were growing, like, nine inches over the summer. I'm five eight. I stopped growing in elementary school. It's like, what happened? Like, God didn't have the same plans for me. And just all of these cool things. But just thinking about the summer, it was like the summer slide for me. I just kind of slid backwards, didn't do much. And just for you, I just love to spend just the next several moments just helping you see God's plans for you, God's purpose for you, and not to slide backwards this summer, but God has a full life in store, purpose, and available to every single person that's here in Milestone McKinney. You're not here on accident. It's Independence Day. You could have been anywhere, but God's brought you here. So we might as well just lean in and see what God has for you. Okay, let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for every single person that is here right now at Milestone Church. God, they're walking in with different backgrounds, different family histories, maybe some pain, maybe a whole lot of joy. Whoever they are, God, today, would you open our hearts, God, to discover what you have for us. Open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to, to hear the grace that you have for us. We love you so much, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I believe that, that we find the full life that Jesus has to offer us. It's in the Bible. It's a scripture that maybe you've seen or read or heard before, but it's in John 10, 10, John chapter 10, verse 10. And here's what Jesus says right here. And he's setting himself up. He's telling these people that he's the good shepherd. And we know that a good shepherd, they, they would lay their life down for the sheep. And he's just trying to make clear that that. 
he, what he's about to do, but also he's come so that we could have a full life. And here's what it says. The thief comes only to, ski, to steal and kill and destroy. Depressing way to start off Independence Day. All right. But there's more. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So we're going to spend time on what a full life is all about, what his desire is for your full life. So whether you're in here, you're a young adult, you're a student, you're a child, you're a newly married couple, you've been married for a long time, you're an empty nester, your grandparents, whoever you are, God has a full life available to you. What is that? So if we look back at the word life in that scripture, it's translated as zoe in Greek. Zoe means to be active, a vigorous life, to be devoted to God. The word full is parisos. It's all about more than you could imagine, super abundant, superior to anything that you've ever seen, more grand and full that you could ever imagine. That's the picture in scripture of what a full life is all about and how it's available it's for you, and you can have that. You can receive that in your life. But we can't gloss over the first part of John chapter 10. Verse 10 says, A thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God doesn't make mistakes. There's no accident. So when he wrote it that way, he let us know that who the enemy is, the thief, Satan, the devil. And on the flip side of that, I've come so that you may have life and have it to the full. So you've got to ask yourself what gets in the way of a full life. There's a thief that's there to steal and kill and to destroy. I'll never forget, I was about seven or eight, I can't remember the exact Christmas, but, but we love Independence Day here today. Like, I love America. My parents, they immigrated from Vietnam here so I could grow up in the greatest country on the planet. I love this, this place. I love today's holiday but I really love Christmas. Can we just be honest? Like Christmas, like I will unashamedly listen to Christmas music whenever. I don't care. It's awesome. Christmas is great. Love Jesus. Okay, presents. Let's go. All right. So never forget, Christmas Eve, about seven or eight, and we're so excited. You, like, gosh, you look forward to it all year. And it's the same routine. I believed in Santa. Mom and dad said, go upstairs, go to bed. Don't come out of your room or you won't have presents. So you do like the milk, you do the cookies, you run up, same routine, run down, cookies are gone, milk is gone, presents, bam, going to be incredible. So I go upstairs, I'm fast asleep. I hear some noise downstairs, like, oh, I'm about to see Santa, let's go. So we go and I look over like the second story of our house and I, it, it's totally dark. And I just see someone down there moving presents around, just, just like really fast, though, like going, 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 going. I'm like, oh, yes, he's in my house. So we go back. I run back in bed, fast asleep. I do not want to mess Christmas up because if Santa sees me awake, nothing's going to be there. So I wake up, super pumped. I was, oh, I saw Santa here last night. It's going to be great. Go downstairs. My mom and dad are there. Guys. No presents. The opposite of an awesome Christmas. We got robbed on Christmas Eve. I promise. This thief came into my house in the dark, the cover of night, let nobody know that he was there, took gifts that my parents bought me, and I woke up to an empty 
house. Isn't that just like how a thief works? A thief won't show up in your house banging pots. I'm here to rob you. They show up, cover of darkness. They take the things that belong to you. They take the things that were given to you. And you're left in a place where you have nothing. So far and too often in my life, and I'm not here to condemn anybody, so we'll just talk about my problems today. We, I have entertained and allowed a thief into my home, into my mind, into my heart to steal and kill and destroy the gifts and the blessings that God's put in my life. See, I've never woken up saying, hey, destroy my life today, Satan. Kill my life today. But you know how it's crept into my heart is destruction looks a lot like distraction. I'll kind of veer off just one degree and just kind of do something that's good, but it's really not the greatest thing that God has for me. And before long, it'll be one small thing and another small thing and another small thing. I'm so far off course where maybe I've achieved a lot of things or done a lot of things and I'm working for God, but I've forgotten who God is. And I get to this spot to where I just feel empty. I'm tired. I'm in it for the wrong reasons. I know that's not you. It's just me and my problems. But let's, let me just share with you. It's therapy, okay? Man, it's entirely possible to, to work and do all the stuff that you think you need to do. Check things off the lift, list and climb up this ladder and get to the top of the ladder. And you just figure out that ladder's leaned up against the wrong wall. See, I hope that what we can see in this full life, this abundance that God has for every single one of us, you can't be so far gone that you can't experience this full life. Whoever you are, whatever life stage that you're at, right in your seat right now, I don't know the pain, I don't know the problems, I don't know the situation, I get that, but I know that God does. He still has the full life available for you. If you're to surmise this entire time together in just one sentence, maybe a sermon in a sentence, write this down. Jesus offers a full life at the deepest level. He offers a full life at the deepest level. So you must be asking, how do we even get this? How do we access this? How do we get a full life? I believe we see it in a prayer that maybe you've heard. It's in Matthew chapter six. Jesus is telling his disciples, here's how you pray. Jesus would draw away and he would talk to his father. He would pray to be full of wisdom, knowledge, power, to be ready for what happens next. I'm just saying like Jesus, fully God, fully man, if he draws a way to pray, could be a good idea for me and you. Might be great to talk to the creator of heaven and earth. And I love that because of Jesus, we get to talk to God no matter what the time is, no matter what's happening. Like we're not walking to church with lambs to sacrifice today because of Jesus. We don't have to go through anybody else to talk to God for us. We can just talk to God. So here's what he says. He's, he's teaching his disciples here because they're saying, well, then how do we pray? He says, this is what you pray. And I believe these five verses will unlock and show us what the full life is in Jesus Christ. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the NIV. 
Like even just reading that to you, I have to intentionally slow that down. Because maybe you played sports and that's what your team prayed before you stepped on the field or you've, you've read that before, you've heard that before and it's easy just to rattle it off. Blah, 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 blah. Let's take a look at all five verses and see how we can have a full life in Jesus. A full life, the first one, write this down, is a life full of worship. Verse nine, a life full of worship. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That, that's a verse and those are words that are placing God in his priority seat. They're placing God in a place of prominence that he is all-knowing, that he is all-powerful, that he is all-loving, he is kindness, he is grace. All of those things. It's not me, it's you, God. Worship. Worship is simply our response to God's love and who God is to us. It feels like a a far-off concept. and Like, really, I'm just here to tell you, every single person in this place, you're a fantastic worshiper. You're programmed to worship. It actually comes easy for you. You don't even have to work to do it. The more important question is not can you worship? What is the object of your worship? I'm a born, bred, tried, and true Dallas Cowboys fan. Pray for me. We hadn't been good. Like, my kids don't even know they're good because they like, it's been that long. So long. So long. But I love going to a Cowboys game. Like, I love it. It's incredible. This massive stadium, like 100,000 people in there. The team is a lot of times not doing good, but they do great stuff, though. Awesome stuff. And when you go, when, when the Cowboys score a touchdown, there is not a worship leader at Cowboys Stadium telling people what to do. When a touchdown is scored, hands go up, people high five, people are screaming, they're laughing, total strangers spilling beer on each other, new best friends, all of this stuff. It just comes out. See, for you and I, like we have worship leaders leading us, like showing us what to do. The question is not can you worship? We already know how. It's everything we say, do, touch, and feel. As an act of worship to God, it's the object of our worship. I remember the first time I walked into a church, and I saw people with their hands up. I was like, no, nope, Mom, let's see you later. Let's go. This is weird. But I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why people chose to do that. And let me just say, if you don't raise your hands in worship, it doesn't make you any less of a Christian or anything like that. It's the condition and the stance of your heart. My father-in-law, Brad, I've never seen him raise his hands in worship ever. But then you got to know his personality. He, he's conservative. He's introspective. But, ah, oh, when he worships, he stands there. He closes his eyes. He meditates on the words that are being sung. They're not just lyrics on a screen to him. It's an anthem of his heart, proclaiming, declaring all of the truths to God himself. So I'm not saying if you don't raise your hands, you're not a worshiper. What I am saying, though, is if that's a hot button for you, you've got to ask why. Because I remember walking in. I was like, these people are weird. But then someone explained to me why we raise our hands in worship. This is the international sign of like, I give up. I surrender. You win. I don't. 
So when we sing these songs, God knows what he's doing. Like a physiological action like this broke some stuff in my heart off that I didn't even know was there. My pride went away. Just, I heard the songs different. So I'm just saying for you, just as a time to encourage you, engage in worship. Maybe for you, it's taking your phone, putting it away during that time. Lean in to what's happening. You don't like the song? You know, it's not for you. It's time for you to worship God anyway. It's okay. It's not in the key that you can sing in. It's all right. They turn the music up loud. Just sing anyway. But we can walk into church worshiping, ready. Oh, God, today, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. That, that guy, he's, he's your son. That girl, he, she's your creation. These children, they have purpose in their life. Oh, I can't wait to get to church. A life full of worship. That's the first characteristic of a full life that Matthew 6 tells us. The next one that we want to highlight today is, is a full life is a life full of purpose. A life full of Purpose. We see this in verse number 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's telling us we have the opportunity. Our purpose is found in bringing heaven to earth. I don't know about you, but, but a long time of my life, my purpose was to help myself out to build my life, especially being young. I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to achieve that. I'm going to get this job and make this type of money, marry this type of girl, get this type of kid, all of this stuff, and I'm going to get there. It's going to be awesome until you get there, and it's just not as cool as you think. It's not. Let me save you some time right now. If you're sitting in the back front balcony, whatever it is, like, who is this guy on Independence Day wearing all black? At a tr- Okay, let me just tell you. Get there. Tell me how it goes. The, what, what purpose is wrapped up not in ourselves, but it's found outside of ourselves. It's how God has created us. There's something powerful that happens when we understand God has given us a purpose. One, to love God with the totality of who we are, but then to be used to help other people discover God's love and who he is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Walk across the street, help them out, figure something out with that. The purpose found in helping someone else out. We've never, ever had to be taught to be selfish. I got three kids, I promise you, I'm learning this. But what's funny is when I see selfishness in their life, I just know it so well because it's a reflection of selfishness in my life. Selfishness, that's inherent. Selflessness to serve others oh, you'll discover your purpose, but that's intentional. The VBS, almost 100 kids here, over 70 volunteers, moms that came up here, dads that took off work, teenagers that could have been doing anything else, early mornings, late nights, all of these things, all of these puzzle pieces that God is putting together with all the things that he's gifted you to do all the cool stuff with. You don't like people? Great, put some snacks together. You love teaching, you love helping, you love doing all that, awesome. You're going to be used, your puzzle piece of this three days, you're going, to be, you're going to teach kids how to be a champion in Christ. You can sing, awesome, come sing up here. You can wave, great, God's given your body the strength to hold open a door. Homie, that is your calling now. That's the great thing about it. Our purpose, it is not about 
Purpose is not just for pastors and worship leaders and directors and kids ministry people. Purpose is doing whatever God has gifted you to do unto the glory of God. That today, it doesn't matter what I do. I, I hope somebody will come in this store today. If you're working retail or you're a waiter or whatever you do, it's doing all of those things for the glory of God. It's not a position. Oh, it's a purpose that God can give your heart. See how you come alive. See how your life becomes so full when we learn to serve others. Oh, a practical engagement step. Join the growth track here. Serve in God's church. All I know is 19 kids got saved in three days. We got the rest of the year. What could happen because what God wants to work through your life? You don't have to put it all together before you get here. We'll serve. Let's just do this together. Let spiritual family walk with you. Serve in your home. Oh, what if we came home, greeted our wife first, and then gave our kids intentional time? It's not just random stuff that happens, but every day when we get home, husbands, we serve our house, wives. Serve the house. Serve your kids. That diaper you change, that load of laundry you do, it is not insignificant. No one may clap their hands for you, but you're building a life and a family and young people that will come to know Jesus. All of it matters. It's purpose. It's purpose. A full life. Life full of worship. Life full of purpose. Here's what we learn in verse 11. There's a full life. It's a life full of gratitude. Verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. That is an acknowledgement that everything good in my life, every resource, every dollar, every real relationship, everything, God, is because of you. I've done nothing. If it was all up to me, it'd be broken and torn down. It'd be ripped apart because you try that, and that's what happens every time. But when we come to a, a heart stance of just gratitude, thank you, Jesus, for who you are, Thank you for everything you've given me. Thank you for the gifts that you've given me, the physical gifts that you've given me for the scholarship, the, the intellect to make money, the intellect to solve problems, like literally everything. Thank you, God, for it all, because it all comes from you, the spiritual gifts, all, like everything. Thank you for joy when my situation is terrible. Thank you for peace. Thank you for all of that. It all comes from God. If... Gratitude is one side of the coin. On the other side, it is directly connected to generosity. It's amazing to see when someone, your life becomes full and open to what generosity is. The difference is when we think that we have achieved it or we have accumulated it, it's life with closed hands. You're holding on to everything you could get. Life becomes about getting as much stuff as you can and then accumulating that stuff, whether it's cars or money or possessions or relationships or whatever it is. It, it can be anything. Pokemon cards, cool. Getting, 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 getting. But when God unlocks your heart and you just learn gratitude from who Jesus is, it goes from closed hand living to open hand living. I don't know about you, but if you ever met a generous person, that's a grateful person. Like, generous people are so much fun to be around for much more than just we love free stuff. But, I mean, just, like, they're just so, like, they're so life-giving. Like, my friend Ty is probably the most generous person I've ever met. Like, I have to fight him to pay for dinner. 
And I can beat them up, so it works out a lot of times. But they're just so much fun because generous people just attract others. It's, it's such an overflow of, of what God has done in their life. And what's so crazy, I, I don't know how God always does this, but when we live with closed hands, we have no room to receive blessing. But when you live with open hands, everything's open. So we, we realize that the blesser blesses us and blessings go to others. And it's just this ecosystem all the time from God to me, from me to you. From God to me, from me to you. And what happens is when we live life with open hands, there's actually more room to receive blessing. Gratitude sustains blessing. Generosity. It's not just for one day. It's for today. Generous with your time. Generous, oh, with your encouragement. Generous with your resources. The only thing you need to be generous is not more money, is to have a heart of generosity. I know a lot of people that don't have much, but they're generous. I know a lot of people that have a lot, and they're generous. I know a lot of people that don't have much, they're stingy. I know a lot of people that have a lot, and they're stingy. It has nothing to do with the amount of things that you can bless people with. It has everything to do with your heart stance and who God is to you. A full life. It's a life full of gratitude. We're going to keep moving. Next characteristic of a full life is a life full of peace. I am grateful for God's peace. Peace does not come from me or how I feel. Peace can be in the midst of the worst situations. Supernatural peace can come from God. A full life is a life full of peace. I've learned, and as we read in verse number 12, this is what God says about peace, and forgive us our debts. We're really great at receiving forgiveness. As we also have forgiven our debtors. That's the other side of the coin. Forgive someone else. Forgiveness. It's the real F word. It's hard. Every single person who has chosen to follow Jesus has been supernaturally forgiven of all sin. Forgiven of the trespasses and the things that we've done. Every single person here, we've either done something to someone or because of us, something has been done to someone. But as people of faith who love Jesus, if we've been supernaturally forgiven, that is what gives us the ability to forgive someone else. So my family, like I grew up in Allen, Texas. My parents were married for a long time. But at 16 years old, my parents split up. And they split up in a very sudden, dramatic, and painful way. I didn't even get like to say bye to my dad. He just left, like gone, moved to Vietnam type left, like on the other side of the planet. Oh, man, I remember at 16 just how that felt. Oh, so broken, so angry. I would just replay in my mind, if I ever see this guy, oh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, oh, if I ever see him. I just remember just walking around with this pain, the opposite of peace. Yeah, I was probably about 21, maybe 22 years old. It had been years since I even heard about my dad. I tried my best not even to think about him because every time I thought about him, it just pain crept in my heart and in my life. 
I was in my apartment and, 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 and just a 11 p.m. I was like, what is going on? I didn't have a gun or anything. I just got a spatula, like whatever you could do, right? <laughs> and, and then I opened the door. It was my dad. And like, I had replayed this, this exact situation at least a million times. What I would do, what I would say, and I just remember like I was just there. I was like in shock. And he just, he just reached out to hug me, so I just hugged him back. He, he told me he loved me, I, and I told him that I forgave him. And after that, it just occurred to me that forgiveness, yes, it was for him, but it was for me. The thief had come to steal, kill, destroy peace that God had available for me. All of this time, years, I was walking around thinking about all of these things, but oh, there's my dad. But in that moment, the forgiveness that God showed me, I got to show my dad. Then everything changed in that relationship. In this relationship, it's not perfect, but it's progressing. He knows my kids. He travels back to the States twice a year. He knows my wife. We FaceTime. I pray for him. I pray that he's going to receive salvation one day in Jesus. But it's possible. What if in your life you could walk around with peace? Peace like a river. Peace that just overcomes everything. Peace that just floods your soul and your heart. No matter what happens to you, you can have peace. A full life in Jesus. I would encourage you to forgive someone. As soon as I said forgiveness, that person's name popped in your mind. Maybe that's the person. Make the decision. The feelings will follow. Last quality of a full life that we discover in Matthew chapter 6 is in verse 13. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Grace. It's what Jesus gives us, but we don't deserve it. Grace, a life full of grace changes everything. It changes the filter that you see people through. It changes the filter that you think through. It changes everything in your life. Grace originates for us in the life of Jesus. Fully God, fully man came to earth and had no reason to do anything for us, but it says in scripture that while we were still sinners, he laid his life down for me and for you and for all people. Quite literally, when he was being beaten, spit at, cursed, convicted, dragged through the crowds, I mean, guys, these are the same people that saw him perform miracles, give sight to the blind, Oh, these people, they, they had heard of him, but they turned on him so quickly. The same people that he's literally trying to save were the ones that were killing him. The ones that were beating him. And the entire journey of grace for us, he had our names on his mind, written on his heart. 
on the cross, quite literally, he cries out to the Father, if there's anything else, God, that we can do to solve this issue, can we please do that? Nothing. So he, he willingly died. It wasn't like Jesus couldn't, couldn't, like, didn't have the power to step off the cross. Gotcha. No. He, he chose to die. He chose to die. Buried in the tomb. Three days later, they roll the rock away. He's not there. Seen by 500 people, like in his resurrected new body. And he's saying all of these things. And, and he's like, hey, but before I get to heaven, like there's one that I'm leaving that is, that is greater. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one. He's going to speak to you. He's going to guide you. He's going to show you. He's going to comfort you. He's, he's your advocate. He's walking with you, and he can dwell within you. He'll change your life, a full life. And there's people that are in this room right now. It's July 4th. It's Independence Day where we celebrate our liberty, our freedom, the greatest nation on the planet. But what if today is the day that God provides freedom for your heart? You don't have to walk around in bondage and chains. God has a full life for you. We receive it. We can live life different.